Welcome to the 401 Jake Show. So glad you're here. Today's episode, we have Dr. Dan Nelson, who is a practicing dentist up in Haley, Idaho. I was out there yesterday. What a beautiful place he lives. It's awesome. He is also the founder, or one of the founders, of the Elevation Association, which is a group of dentists that are trying to do better, not only with their practices and their patient care, but just help each other, like in their entire lives, in a lot of different areas. So super cool group. We learn about that in the podcast today. If you have any interest in working with dentists or anyone in kind of the physician, dental, medical world, this is a great podcast for you. Enjoy it. Let's go. All right. Welcome, everybody, to our 4 k sesh. We've got a special guest today, one of my favorite people to hang out with, Dan Nelson, Dr. Dan Nelson. He's known as Dr. Dan. Um, he's actually a client of mine, and we got to know each other through an event that he put on. And he's doing some unique things where he's a, a, a dentist that has a dental practice up in Haley, Idaho, but he also helps other dentists. And he's done some things with the association. I'll, we'll kind of get into that and, and share some things he's done there. But I think it's great to have him today just to teach us a little bit about his world, kind of how you know dentists communicate with each other. I've got more and more involved with Facebook since then. Um, and so I'm going to turn it over. Dan, give us a quick intro. Give us your background and, and let us know more about you. Yeah, so I uh, appreciate Jake uh, letting me come and uh, chat with you guys, and uh, hopefully you can hear me okay. I'm actually driving. I'm in North Carolina right now, about to about to go into Tennessee because I'm picking up my daughter from college. She's going to culinary school in North Carolina, so I just flew out last night, got in late last night. Uh, don't worry. Got some liquid encouragement to, to keep me going <laughs> for the drive. Nice. Red Bull. But yeah, so... Um, little bit about me so I've been a, a dentist for almost 10 years um I practice in Haley Idaho which is by Sun Valley uh been up there for about five years so <clears throat> about half my time before that I was in the Air Force I've lived uh some pretty cool places visited a lot of cool places lived in Japan for a while um uh, yeah and then on the side we started about a year ago we started a company called Elevation Association which is uh a really cool thing. So what we do is, is we're dentists helping dentists and we help them to achieve their goals. So that's ultimately what we, we're trying to do. So whatever that is that their goals are, we try to accommodate and help them along that path. So whether it be early retirement or to grow their practice or to increase their patient base or to just make life easier, um, we, we focus on those things and we help accommodate that. We do that through a couple of means. Um, particularly we, we tend to help them reorganize and structure their practices. And then we also facilitate and mentor and coach them with data analysis and decision-making. So we, uh, go in and help them to, uh, organize their data, clean up their data. Typically it's not very well organized, even if they have a good manager, uh, just because of how much data there is. So we get that organized and then from there they can start to better manage their practices and in turn maybe in that efficiency they find freedom and that's a big thing so whether that be financial freedom or time or whatever so that's what we propagate with them and, and help to perpetuate um so yeah that's kind of uh, so you know i'm from i'll give you my quick personal background i'm from uh, you know, I say I'm from Salt Lake City, so I'm a Utah kid. Uh, you know, we like to do a lot of adventurous stuff. We, we pulled Jake out and got him on a snowmobile and tore some, uh, tore, tore some 
some uh, white powdery crap up this last <laughs> January. And, uh, you know, like typically I like to do stuff outside. I used to race motorcycles. Uh, uh, I think from the outside looking in, I'm a little crazy. I've done the Baja 1000, um, you know, stuff like that's a lot of fun for me. Uh, but really my favorite time is probably traveling with my family. So, you know, that kind of gives you a, a, an overview of me. That's me. Well, and I think, I think that's good because that's a pretty common, I think, scenario with most dentists. They kind of are, are attracted to that industry for some of that freedom and flexibility. But then I think a lot of them, depending on the situation they end up in, <clears throat> either have that freedom or they don't. And so I guess maybe walk us through like what it's like to graduate dental school and like how you help most dentists make that transition into either working for a practice, owning a practice, buying one, like where can we help them kind of avoid pitfalls? Because we're, most of us here are 401k specialists. We do some of us um, individual wealth stuff, but connecting and getting, I guess, in the loop or in the circle of dentists, which honestly that event, I, I had so much fun, like, and all these very, I'm sure very professional and, and amazing dentists were just regular guys just having a blast. And so how do we, how do we bridge that gap of, you know, feeling like we're pitching to them or selling them stuff to like really, you know, helping them or get in those circles. That's kind of a, I think a good question most of us would have for you. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's a tricky, that's a tricky thing, right? So, so let, let me ask you a couple of questions. Let me start from the beginning and kind of let you know what a lot of dentists come into. So I, I'm a little different. I came out of school a little bit older, but uh, typically you're, you know, your typical dental dentist, your new graduates going to be in their, you know, maybe late twenties or, you know, mid twenties, typically not younger than that. Um, a lot of them in the late twenties, early thirties. Uh, and they're going to have a lot of debt. Like most of them, like I had a scholarship. So for me, I came out with a lot less debt, but a lot of them come at like a lot of debt between 250,000 to $500,000 in, in school debt. So that's wow. a big punch to the face right off the bat. Right. So they're yeah. a ton of debt. They feel like they need to, uh, work really hard. So the first, first 10 years of their practice, you know, they're going to work a lot. They, they probably will associate with somebody. So they'll become an associate. Uh, there's a lot less overhead that way, a lot less, um, decisions to be made uh, and they can kind of buckle down and work. So just know that some of them you're going to be talking to are not the decision maker. And you'll have to run that up the ladder to find out who that decision maker is when you, when you talk to somebody. Um, but it is good to put that in their ear and let them know like, Hey, this is something you need to be thinking about. And especially for you guys, like the earlier you can get in with these young dentists, the better because of the, how it sets them up. So uh, I think that just know that they are, a little bit overwhelmed some of them and so to, to like throw this other thing at them uh a lot of them aren't what's the word i'm looking for um they lack the bandwidth maybe for it uh, yeah. but they need yeah. to know about it and so th that's kind of you know a snapshot of what a lot of young dentists look like um coming out of school so a lot of debt um and then you know if you buy if they buy a practice typically that's going to be another half million to a million dollars on top of that so and if they buy a house, well, now you've got a lot of debt. So you can see the debt load that's carried and the financial stress that, that, that they can have. So I think that that's keep that in mind when you're approaching that. And I think the approach should be, well, we can help you to overcome that on the back end. Like, what can we do to help you, you know, save some taxes? What can we do to put some money away? And I think that the, the trick, you know, to not be sales pitchy is... Uh, 
I, I don't think that you guys have to be sales pitchy. I think that, that that defeats the purpose, but I think that it's more of a help you attitude because there is so much, you know, we deal with the same thing with elevation association is, is you know, we, we want to come in and help these dentists, but they've had so many consultants and whoever that are, that are leeches and bloodsuckers and want to come in and like, we get it all the time. Like we get people coming to our office all the time on the, you know, want money from us one way or another. And so the difference is, is that I think that if they understand that the, the relation is, relationship is symbiotic, that, that both parties are going to benefit from whatever it is you guys are doing. If they can see that, if you can sometimes show them that, then, then that's going to be huge. The other thing that you guys have got to do, and, and this is pivotal uh, when you're doing this stuff, is get the spouses involved. If you fail to get the spouses on board, you're going to, They've got bandwidth for this kind of stuff. And a lot of them are the actual decision makers when it comes to that stuff. So they may have with whether they're uh, at the practice, manage, help managing the practice or behind the scenes doing stuff. The spouses are usually a pivotal part of the decision-making team. So if you fail to recognize that when you go in to set up an appointment or, or you know, uh, do some uh, uh, discussion or whatever, then you're probably not going to get any follow-up. The other thing is to be persistent. And I mean persistent in a good way, you know, just say, hey, how can, you know, just wanted to touch base. Uh, if you happen to be traveling through their area or there's somewhere that you can go and visit the office, I would go in, I would talk to whoever, you know, either the, the office manager or whoever makes the schedule and say, you know, I, I'd love to have uh, some time with you where I can show you some stuff and it needs to be undivided. So whether it be dinner or, you know, a lot of times if you go in and, and poor Jake has had to deal with this in our offices where we've said, yeah, Jake, come in, let's go over stuff. And they put it smack dab in the middle of the day. So he might get me for 10 minutes. He might get my partner, Jared, for 10 minutes. And it may be at different times where we're not in there together. And then he's got other captive audiences captive audiences that are important to be there like the manager or the spouses now they're there the whole time it's different because now they can say yeah i've got the information we need we can move forward but just keep in mind that if you set up the appointment and it's just going to be with the doctor docs and it's going to be 30 minutes you're going to get screwed you're, you're not going to have the time you need because someone's going to come in they need this i need you to pull this can you look at this x-ray can you have it i promise it won't happen like it someone's going to interrupt because other people in the office won't value what you're doing for, for them. So you need to create a space or a time where the right people are there at the right time where you can be uninterrupted and have that captive audience where they're, they're not distracted. So a lot of times, you know, whether that be a dinner or the after, you know, uh, or, you know, set up something before, whatever it is that you need to do, uh, practices are, so yeah, far, so I lost you for a minute. Yeah, I think I'm coming back up. Yeah, we, we went through a tunnel. It was exciting. You're here. <laughs> so uh, that's a follow-up question to that. How do you control your time? Because I think that is a, a struggle for everybody, but I would think it's even tougher for a practicing dentist who owns the practice. There's just two of you. Like, how do you find that time like to be with your daughter doing some important things like this? Like, how do you control that? Well, that, I mean, so... I mean, that's really what Elevation Association is about, is trying to get people to have more time and to have that. Because time's like, you know, it's time and money, right? So those are the two big commodities. And so, 
know, that's huge for us. As a matter of fact, um, a couple of things that, that, you know, little nuggets that you guys can have is that the top 75 days a year. So that's, that's a lot of time off. If you look at how much time that is on. I'm about to go just saying that, that, uh, you know, to find the time, um, is really what, what uh, Elevation Association is all about. I mean, that's one of the big things that we focus on is, is finding that time, that extra time to, to address the commodities of time and money. So, uh, so with Elevation, I mean, you're using technology to come in and kind of make their practice. They could try and use it themselves. The problem is there's a lot of execution that has to happen as far as like once they have the data in front of them, then what's next? How to really interpret the data and make action steps to be more efficient in the practice, right? I mean, that's, it's very similar to our world. I really feel like what you're doing could carry exactly into what we do because we waste yeah. time on the wrong things, which yeah. takes away from what we should be spending our time on. No, I mean, really, it's almost, it's very analogous to to uh, to what you guys are doing. I mean, it, it, it has a lot to do with uh, having the right third-party person come in to offer the service that you don't have either the bandwidth for the training for or the the or the knowledge of how to do it right so um so i don't know when it comes to retirement planning and especially looking at 401k stuff i need jake rushing to come in and help me out because i don't first of all i'm not going to spend all the time that it takes to go and like do all the research for it and then uh I don't, even if I did have all that time, I don't have time during the, the you know, uh, after the fact to keep up with things, to do, do, look for all the forms, do all that stuff. I just don't have that in me, you know? And so I need to bring someone else on to help me out with it, to have that third party. And so that's what we do as well. It's like the whole idea is to come in and we we operate as, as an appendage of the practice and do all this stuff for the practice so that the office manager doesn't have to, the owner doesn't have to, the you know whoever it is that this the decision makers don't have to instead they can just be here's your stuff here's your data where do you want to go what's your goals and so as soon as they're like well my goal say for instance we have one guy that's looking to grow and then we have a guy on the opposite end that's looking to slow down and so we go okay well here's where you're at is this giving you the financial freedom now to take another day off during the week and he's like yeah i've got that now so i can take more time off the other guy's the opposite. He's like, I need to bring an associate on because I can get so I can be busier. And if we look at his data and we say, okay, you know, you're trending in that way. You're probably in a position now. Um, if you want to make that decision, you can do that. And so, again, it has to do with with having the right people in the right places to give you the correct information so that you can make an educated decision and move forward and have something at the end of it, right? And so. Typically, again, the two commodities are always time and money. So with 401k stuff, you know, that it's the same thing. You're looking to get time and money at the end of the day, right? So if I set up my 401k correctly, I can retire early and have enough money to do that. Well, if we run the practice correctly, you can retire early and have enough money to do that. So it's super, super analogous. It's, it's very, very similar. Uh, and yeah, once you, like you said, Jake, once you get in with, if you can, word of mouth and referral is the most powerful thing you can do. No advertising is ever as strong as that. You can advertise all day long. 
you can tell everybody, you know, through whatever means, uh, how great you are. Uh, but if someone else tells you, tell a friend or uh, an associate or what, whoever, how great you are, that'll go way, way further than any time, anything else you can do. So yeah, if you can get in with one, then it will open the door to more. That was, yeah, that was my next question was a lot of you, you know, a lot of dentists stick kind of close with their peers that were in dental school with them, right? Is that kind of the yeah. circle? I mean, when you think where would they turn for information or if they have questions about anything practice related or financial related or anything, they're probably turning to their network first, right? I would, that'd be my guess of what I've seen at least is yeah. their peers. Yeah. And, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to break down those. So dentists are very funny because there's a lot of, how do I want to put it? There, there's a lot of secretives. I don't, they're very secretive. They don't want to let out like their financials. They don't want people to know, like if they're doing a certain technique that works really well, they don't want to get that out. And so, uh, but they still need support, especially if they're by themselves and they don't have a, a partner, but they're, they're winging it on their own. They especially will reach out to different forums and typically they'll go back to friends from dental school and say, Hey, you know, what are you doing for this? How, how are you refinancing your loan? Who's your 401k guy? You know, who's your attorney, you know, whatever. And, and so that's a huge thing is because a lot of times they're, they're all by themselves, you know? And so for us, you know, with elevation association, we're trying to break that down. So we actually gather up docs from non-competing markets and put them together in groups so that they can have that support group. So if someone has like, Oh my gosh, I need to hire an associate or I need to hire an assistant and they can go to that support group first and say, Hey, what are you guys getting your help, you know, or, or whatever. So, but, but that, that is, yeah, that's a, um, that's I've, a big part of what happens because the, the world is different. The decisions that you make as a dentist are different than, you know, you would as an accountant or an architect, you know, obviously the, the, the way that you structure everything is completely different. So yeah, we rely a lot on, on peers that help us out with that stuff. Would, do you see other associations kind of like what you've done in other parts of the country? Are you seeing any of those pop up? No, we're pretty unique. There's, there's a lot of consulting groups um, that uh, do similar stuff, what we do on the financial end. Like that's not overly uh, rare. I mean, it, it's, uh, I like to think that we're unique and creative on that end, but we're really not. There, there are a lot of people that can come in and do data analysis for uh, a practice and help with that. The thing that sets us apart is we're not only focusing on, on the data analysis portion of it and the practice growth portion. We're actually looking at the bigger picture and saying, well, we want to help the, the dentist as people uh, to develop their personal goals. And then we want to create a social network for them. And uh, so we, we focus on life leadership and legacy. Those are three things that we that we want to see develop in, in a person in their practice. And so um, we focus on those three things on top. The, the, the financial end of it all is meant to feed the personal development. So the, the, obviously you guys know the more financial, I mean, I appreciate the choir here, but the more financial freedom you have, the easier it is to make those decisions, right? Like it, yeah. it opens up the world to you. And just so everyone's clear, kind of how elevation works, you have like you have that focus on those three areas, but then you have three different events a year to get everyone together. That's kind of included in it, but you've, you've done this in a way where it's not really an upfront 
cost of them, you, you've done it where it's kind of a revenue sharing as you see improvements that you've come in and helped them do. But along with that, there's the community part that I think is super powerful that brings them together and kind of really rise, rise together and help each other get stronger, um, which is unique because I, I don't, I know it's a lonely thing, which is a lot of similarity in our world where we have a lot of single practice, you know, father, son, kind of, there's just a lot of that going on. Or even if they're with a big firm, it's like a solo advisor. And so that's kind of what our club is, is a similar thing, bring people together and, and help us get, you know, do more improvements. But our, our underlying why, why we do this comes back to like families. I mean, it really is kind of the, the driving force behind, I think, all of our motivation. Um, but what I do find what's interesting is like there's trends, you know, because I work with a lot of physicians and now more and more dentists. Do you find that like there's this trend of consolidation? So like you're seeing a lot of bigger practices gobble up different practices or is it starting to go back the other way where they're kind of going individual, like independent what's happening right now? You, you see? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question, Jake, because that the trend right now is very much that because of the, so we talked about the high debt load that so many students are coming out with and that's what that's doing is that's driving uh, this market of, of uh, larger corporate dental offices uh, DSOs are taking over um, where that is where someone comes in and says, we are an umbrella. You can work, you know, you can still manage your practice how you want us to manage it. We're going to buy a portion of your practice. We'll set you up with operating software. We'll set you up with key systems. Um, and so in a way you're almost franchising. You can think about it like that. You're, you're a franchisee. Right. Um, and that, that's becoming wildly popular right now because of the debt load uh, from school. So we're seeing a lot of that stuff. You know, our, uh, there's a lot of associates that are coming out. They're like, I don't want to deal with the headaches of running a practice. So the DSOs sound really attractive. And then you have just straight up corporate dentists, you know, so corporate dentistry, I, my personal opinion is the bane of dentistry. I hate it. Um, you know, it's not all of it's bad, but a lot of it is. And the reason I don't like it is because it takes key uh, decision-making ability out of out of key people, and it leads it up to this this ladder of people that only care about corporate type of decisions. And so that's in my mind, a lot of times they're not dentists, so they make poor decisions. And what that does is that for for you guys, it robs you guys of the ability to help these guys, these dentists, to better set up a good retirement to have more better tax strategies. They just get robbed of all that because it all falls under this corporate umbrella. And the, I'll tell you who is not uh, the first project for these corporations is the patient and the dentist that work for them. Those, those two people are not who their first concerns are. So DSOs are better in that sense that they, they help to allow some autonomy to, make, uh, to, to stay, uh, to remain, but still, you know, there are people that still are pushing towards private practice. I will tell you this, the further east you go, the more you're going to have um, individual private practices. The further west you go, especially as you get into uh, Utah, Arizona, um, Idaho a little bit, Colorado some, uh, California definitely, Nevada definitely, you're going to run into more of the corporate uh, stuff. So just kind of keep that in mind too, because, you know, you might meet a dentist and you might need to ask some questions about like what their practice is like. Are they, do they own it? You know, are they a DSO? Uh, are they, 
are they? And, you know, a DSO actually would be good for you guys to, if you could break into a DSO, that would be really, really nice. Uh, not that a corporate wouldn't be as well, but um, the corporates are tougher to get to. Uh, the DSOs are a lot more accessible because they do allow the, the, the dentist to have, like I say, more decision-making ability. So if you came in and pushed with one, they might be able to run it up the ladder and get you to a bigger network. So that's worth looking into. Yeah. Uh, How would you they, find a, a DSO? And what, so DSO stands for what? Dental? Uh, I don't even remember what it stands for. <laughs> okay, well, it's like dental we'll services. I think it's dental services operations or something like that. I don't I'm not Okay, that sounds right. Yeah, or, or organization or something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. just kind of, how would you find some of those? Would it be more of just, because they're not going to be very right? Certainly you could ask Dennis, you know, like there, there's, uh, the key would probably be to, to talk to, a, you know, a, a dental insurance company would be a good source to talk to those guys. They know who are all the, because sometimes you don't know, like they'll, they'll, there could be a practice that's under a DSO umbrella that's maintaining its name and everything else. You don't even know, like you don't know that they're a DSO. They're part of it, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think you know, the, talking to talking to as many networks as many dentists as you can, talk to insurance companies that we're talking to. You know, um, uh, any of the uh, um, your uh, educational institutions can tell you. You know, they're an easy, they'll, they'll give you that information really, really easy. They don't have, there's no skin in the game for them for that. Um, yeah. So reach out to dental schools. Then, in, in those yeah, scenarios, do they, do they still own their practice? Like it's just shared, right? They have still have yeah. ownership. So you got like a control situation, affiliate service group, a lot of different things you're going to have to kind of work through. Um, but that being said, it's a big network, like you said. So there is some tax savings because if they're just with a corporate, they're W2 paid, not nearly the same tax strategy that you could pull off with an independent practice. So that's a good point. Interesting. But the, the trade-off would be, obviously, you don't have to worry about running the business. They just keep patients in. They do all the marketing, all that. You just show up to work, which to me yeah. doesn't sound as exciting, but I guess it's a different kind of stress. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's not for everybody, but uh, it takes a lot of the stress out of running a practice, which is, I mean, kind of, in a way, we kind of Elevation Association kind of competes against DSOs because our whole take is like, hey, no, we want you to maintain 100% autonomy, and we're not we work for you guys. Like, so when we come in, yeah, we I mean, if they don't make money and succeed, then we don't. And that's why we're so concerned with the whole person. You know, we want we want this person to reach their goals in a, a, in multiple facets, and the, the more successful they become, the more successful we become. All right, episode is over. Thank you for listening. Now it's your turn. Take some action. Dr. Dan gave you some really good tips of what to do. Go execute. Include the spouse. Be persistent. Follow up. This is really needed. They need your help. You're not selling things. You're helping people. You're improving lives. Get in the club too. I don't know why you're on the club. Need to see you in there. Also, have a wonderful day, wherever you're doing. And take a second to enjoy your loved ones. See ya.